Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before we start the show, it should be noted that the host of this podcast tends to get a little bit enthusiastic about the subject matter. That's why we suggest that you don't have your volume levels too high. The host provides enough volume as it is. With that being said, listener protection is advised. Let's get on with it. Welcome to Robotech The McKinney Project, a celebration of the Robotech novels written by Brian Daly and James Lucino, with your host, JT. and girls JT with you for this episode one of Robotech the McKinney Project our executive producer is Mick J our official website www.robotechnovels.com where of course you'll find the show notes for each and every episode and as we progress with this podcast we're going to be adding stuff to the website so definitely keep your eyes on it www.robotechnovels.com our official email address is robotechnovels at gmail.com and we are on iTunes, we're on Facebook, I almost forgot that, <laughs> but we are iTunes, we are on Facebook, go to the official website uh, for all the linkage information, thank you to everybody who has joined the Facebook group so far, subscribed on iTunes, and I said this in episode zero, pre-launch details, that on the website, www.robotechnovels.com, and on the Facebook page, you're going to get stuff that you won't necessarily hear about on the podcast. So you're going to get some extra goodies thrown in there uh, on each one of those sites. And you know, the last couple of weeks, I can talk about you know uh, what I put on there. Uh, I put stuff in terms of my the process of how I do this podcast. And you know, part of it is going to Starbucks and writing my show notes. And uh, you know, I I have a forever connection with Starbucks and podcasting because that's where most of my notes and inspirations come from so uh yeah sometimes i and and i even said on the facebook page who knows maybe one day i will record a segment or two from starbucks for the show hey anything can happen now uh for first-time listeners, first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your morning, afternoon, or evening to listen to this crazy kid from Chicago who loves Robotech. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of this experience with me. I do highly recommend that you listen to Episode Zero, pre-launch details, because it goes into a broader scope of what this podcast is all about. Plus, I talk about a topic that I will never, as long as this podcast lasts, I will never ever talk about it again and that's a teaser I throw out to you so you can go listen to episode zero pre-launch details. I do want to say also thank you to everybody who did listen to the episode in the last two weeks. What a homecoming and I said that you know for me this this podcast is like coming home. 
What a welcome it was. When you have people from the Isle of Man checking you out, when you have people from Greenland checking you out, and all over the place, it's an incredible feeling. And it's one of those times where I'm speechless, and there's nothing else I could say but thank you. Thank you for... uh, Thank you for making this homecoming special, and uh, it is incredible. Uh, it is an incredible feeling, and as I said in my introduction episode, you will get my best because you deserve no less, and that's all listeners. Even if you're a first-time listener, you now I'm here. I'm here to. I'm here to entertain. I'm here to do something that I love. As a podcaster, I never concern myself with stats or how many downloads I have. I never have and I never will. But it's always incredible and humbling to me that, uh, you know, where people check you out from. And I try to live my life with an attitude of gratitude. Let me just say that the last two weeks, I've been on a gratitude high. And I have, in big part, all of you to thank for that. Uh, if you're Once again, if you're listening to me for the very first time, Robotech, the McKinney Project, is a celebration. A celebration of the Robotech novels written by New York Times bestselling authors Brian Daly and James Lucino. They were published between 1987 and 1996, 21 novels in all. Brian Daly is no longer with us, passing away in 1996. I've had the honor of meeting and interviewing Jim Lucino for my prior podcast, The Protoculture Times. He is in full knowledge of this project and has given me his support, which to me is the biggest blessing of this show. And uh, this is my way of saying thank you to Brian and Jim for their huge contribution to the Robotech franchise. And no matter what happens with Robotech, one thing is certain. The Jack McKinney legacy was, is, and always will be Robotech's legacy. And I'm very proud to be able to present the Robotech story as told through Brian and Jim's words on this podcast. And that's a very important point that I want to bring up. Uh, Over the last couple weeks, you know, in terms of the reaction to the show, you know, a couple of concerns came up and I do want to make something clear. This is not an audiobook presentation. I'm not going to read every word from every chapter from every novel. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I. It's just it, physically, I think it would take a toll on me because uh, with with this episode, it definitely took its toll, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But this will not be a word for word reading of the novels, with the exception of the prologues and the epigraphs, which are particular to the novels. Those are novels exclusives, and I would be doing a disservice to Brian and Jim if I did not read those in their entirety. So, But when it comes to the general chapter-by-chapter, chapter, it will be a mix of excerpt readings and chapter summaries, commentary, theories, conclusions by yours truly. And I want, I want to make this clear. My commentaries, my theories, my conclusions are not to be taken as Robotech gospel, which I think is an idiotic concept and one that doesn't exist because the true, and I'm patting on my chest here, the true Robotech story lies within each one of its fans or observers. You decide for what your particular taste is, Robotech. For this particular fan, it's the novels along with pretty much everything else. I kind of mix it in and somehow I make it work. But uh, 
there was a concern as though I was trying to declare something with the novels. No, uh, I'm not declaring anything. I'm just celebrating the novels, and as always, it's just how one fan does it. And But I welcome other theories, other conclusions, other ways of looking at the novels, and I will say this, it's all about delivery. And when it comes to my delivery, I do it as a fan that loves the novels and, you know, you know, that's just his taste. Uh, like I said, I'm not declaring anything here with this podcast, but I felt as though I needed to get that concern out of the way because, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want this podcast to be perceived as something that it's not. So uh, once again, this is not a full audiobook presentation, and this is by no way and means of declaring anything in the Robotech franchise or the Robotech fandom about the novels. This is just a plain old Robotech novels party, as I like to call it. So uh, with that out of the way, uh, I guess I want to. I want to get. I'm. I'm really excited to get into what we're going to do today. This is episode number one, Journey to Genesis, and here is where our Robotech novels journeys begin. It is with the first novel, titled Genesis, and what we'll be doing today is we're going to be doing a reading of the entire prologue. As I said. We'll do epigraphs and prologues, chapter to chapter. We're not going to do entire readings. But with the prologue, I think it's important to read the whole thing because it's something that you didn't see in the animated series, and it adds to the mystique of the story. And, you know, for me, uh, when it comes to how the Robotech story is told, I, you know, I take it as it comes when it comes to the novels and with the prologue it really sets things up for what is to come in the future so uh with that being said i'm going to take this quick 30 second break and we'll be back for more of robotech the mckinney project Welcome back, guys and girls, for more of Robotech, the McKinney Project. JT with you. And no further introductions are needed. We begin our Robotech novels journey right now with Robotech Genesis. A few details about the book, published in March of 1987. Published by Del Rey Books. Written by Jack McKinney, of course, Brian Daly, and James Lucino. And let me just say... On a side note, I did not know it was two guys until 1994, but that's another story for another day. The cover art is done by David Schleinkofer, and David is an incredible artist. He did 18 of the uh, 21 Robotech novel cover arts, and definitely check out his website. I posted a link on the Facebook page. His art page is incredible with so much stuff, and let me just say this. He not only made an impact in Robotech, he made an impact in Transformers. So that's what I'll throw out there. Just check out his art page and you'll see why. And Robotech Genesis is dedicated to the man who put it all together, Carl Masick. And if I could take this moment to send out to that Path on the Light 
path of the light that he is on with Brian Daly, my heartfelt thanks to Carl. Had it not been for Carl, I would not have Robotech. If I didn't have Robotech, I wouldn't have Robotech novels. So, Carl, you did put it all together. And for that, I will be eternally grateful, as will be eternally grateful an entire fandom. Now, when it comes to Robotech Genesis, it begins with a prologue, which we'll read in its, in its entirety here. The best way to describe the prologue, first of all, that it's not something that you see on the animated series. A lot of the novels, what's in the novels, you won't see in the animated series. That's why, I don't know if I said this before, but watching the series is not required for this podcast. And I will say that, it, I will repeat that again. Watching the Robotech animated series is not required in order to listen to this podcast about the Robotech novels. But getting back to the prologue, the prologue sets things up for what is to come. And the best way to summarize it, a genius meets his destiny, but at the same time unleashes a destiny that will affect an entire galaxy. I think that's the best way to put it. In this prologue, you will meet a few characters that you probably won't hear about for a while. Others you'll hear as the story goes on, you know, sooner than later. Now, when it comes to the reading itself, I do read the entire prologue. As I said in my prior segment, the epigraphs and the prologues will be read in their entireties because they are exclusive to the novels, but I'm not going to do an audiobook presentation. When it comes to my reading, I'm not an actor. I'm not a voice actor. But you know, I'm pretty damn proud of what came out, and I hope you're entertained by it. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Robotech novel number one, Genesis. Prologue. I've brought death and suffering in such magnitude, Sore thought. It's only right that I spent the balance of my life bringing life. He looked out from the observation bay of his temporary groundside headquarters upon a planetary surface that had been lifeless a mere four days before. He saw before him a plain teeming with thriving vegetation. Already the flowers of life were sprouting, reaching their eager, knob-tipped shoots into the sunshine. Zor, supreme intellect of his race and lord of the protoculture, nodded approvingly. At times, the memories of his own past deeds, much less those of his species, seemed enough to drive him mad. But when he looked down on a scene like this, he could forget about the past and be proud of his handiwork. And above him, blocking out the light of the nearby primary, his gargantuan starship and superdimensional fortress was escaping, as he had directed. The satisfaction he felt from that, and from seeing the germinated flowers, made it much easier to accept the fact that he was about to die. He was tall and slender, with a lean, ageless face and a thick shock of bright starlight hair. The clothes he wore were graceful, regal, cut tight to his form, covered by a short cloak that he now threw back over one shoulder. Zor could hear the alarm signals ring behind him, and the booming voice of his entrati announced, Warning! Warning! Infant troop carriers are preparing to land! All warriors to their battle pods! Zor gazed away from the beauty of the exterior scene, back to the harsh reality of the base, as Towering Zentradi dashed about, preparing for battle. 
Even though the appearance of the Invid had taken them by surprise, even though they were badly outnumbered and at a disadvantage since the enemy held the high ground, there was a certain eagerness to the Zendrati. War was their life and their reason for being. In that, they had met their match and more in the Invid. Zor found bitter irony in his own poor judgment and the cruelty of the Robotech masters. His masters had turned a race of peaceful creatures, once content with their single planet and their introspective existence, into the most ferocious species in the known universe. While subordinates strapped armor and weapons on his great body, Dolza, supreme commander of the Zentradi, glared down at Zor. His colossal head, with its shaven, heavy-browed skull, gave him the aspect of a stone icon. We should have departed before the flowers germinated! I warned you! Dolza raised a metal-plated fist big enough to squash Zor. Unafraid, Zor looked up at him, though his faithful aide Vard was holding a hand weapon uneasily. Around them the base shook as armored Zentradi and their massive fighting pods raced to battle stations. What of the superdimensional fortress? Dolza demanded. What have you done with it? I have sent it away, Zord answered calmly, to a place far removed from this evil, senseless war. It is already nearing the edge of space, too fast and too powerful for the Invid to stop. That much, Dolza knew, was true. The Dimensional Fortress, Zor's crowning technological achievement, was the mightiest machine in existence. Nearly a mile long, it incorporated virtually everything Zor had discovered about the fantastic forces and powers springing from the Flowers of Life. Sent it where? Dolza demanded. Zor was silent. If I weren't sworn by my warrior oath to protect you, Dolza's immense fist hovered close, I would kill you! A few pods from the Ready Reaction Force were already on the scene, looming metal battle vehicles big enough to hold one or two Zentradi. Their form suggested that of a headless ostrich, with long, broad breastplates mounting batteries of primary and secondary cannon. I don't expect you to understand, Zor said in carefully measured tones, as explosions and shockwaves shook the base. They could hear the Zentradi communication net crackling with reports of the Invid landing. You were created to fight the Invid. That is what you must do, Zor told the giant as the headquarters outer wall heaved and began to crumble. Go! Fulfill your Zentradi imperative! As Zor spun and ducked for cover, Vard shielded him with his own body. Dolza turned to give battle as the wall shuddered and cracked wide. Through the showering rubble leapt Invid shock troopers, the enemy's heaviest class of mecha, advanced war machines. Forged from a super-strong alloy, bulking as walking battleships, the mecha resembled a maniac's vision of biped insect soldiers. They were every bit as massive as the Zentradi pods, and even more heavily armored. Concentrated fire from the few pods already on the scene, blue lances of blindingly bright energy, penetrated the armor of the first shock trooper to appear. Even as the Invid returned fire with streams of annihilation discs, the seams and joints of its armor expanded under the overwhelming pressure from the eruptions inside. It exploded into bits of wreckage and white-hot shrapnel that bounced noisily off the pod's armor. But a trio of shock troopers had crowded in behind the first, and a dozen more massed behind them. Annihilation discs and red plasma volleys quartered the air, destroying the headquarters command center and equipment, setting fires and blasting pods to glowing scraps or driving them back. Armored Zentradi warriors, lacking the time to reach their pods, rushed in to fight a desperate holding action, spraying the invids with handheld weapons, dodging and ducking, advancing fearlessly and suffering heavy casualties. A swift warrior ran in under an invid shock trooper, 
holding his weapon against a vulnerable joint in its armor and then triggering the entire charge all at once, point blank. The explosion blew the invid's leg off, toppling it, but the Zentradi was obliterated by the detonation. Elsewhere, an invid mecha seized the damaged pod that could no longer fire, ripped the pod apart with its super-hard metal claws, then dismembered the wounded Zentradi within. Scouts, smaller Invid machines, rushed in behind the shock troopers to scour the base. It took only moments for one to find Zor. The Invid had been searching for him for a long time and were eager for revenge. As the scout lumbered toward them, Vard tried to save his lord by absorbing the first blast himself, firing his little hand weapon uselessly at the Invid monster. He partially succeeded, but only at the cost of his own life, immolated in an instant by a disc. The force of the blast drove Zor back and scorched him. The rest of the discs in the salvo were ignited by the explosion, but having been flung aside, Zor was spared most of their fury. Still, he suffered terrible injuries. Skin burned from his body until bone was exposed, lungs seared by fire, bones broken from the concussion and the fall, tremendous internal hemorrhaging. He knew he would die. Before the Invid Scout could finish the job, Dolza was there, firing at it with his disruptor rifle, ordering the remaining pods to concentrate their fire on it. Zor is down! Save Zor! He thundered. Switching to his helmet communicator, he tried to raise his most trusted subordinate. Britai! Britai! Where are you? The scout was blown to fury bits in the withering fusillade, but its call had gone out. The other scouts and the shock troopers were homing in on their arch enemy. Dolza, with the remaining warriors and pods, formed a desperate defensive ring, unflinchingly ready to die according to their code. Wow, what a beginning. We're going to finish the prologue in our last segment of the show, but first, let's take a pause and we'll come back for our first biography on Robotech The McKinney Project. a brand new segment here on Robotech the McKinney Project. We're going to call this the biography segment because I haven't thought of a name for it yet, but when I do, I will let you guys know. But when when it comes to the biography segment, it will be the first in a series of segments that we'll do from time to time, not every episode because I do want to do other segments, uh, where we'll talk about characters in the Robotech novels universe. Kind of, you know, like a biography, so to speak. I think it's great because... There are so many characters, secondary characters and novels, exclusive characters that we can talk about that have significant moments in the novels. And of course, all the classic characters from Robotech, the animated series. So hopefully we'll be able to get to a good chunk of them before we get to novel 21. But here's what I want to say, and I want to make this clear. My approach to the novels, to this podcast, to Robotech, the McKinney Project, I'm not going to rush it. I have the luxury of, you know, going at my pace that each novel is going to take us a few episodes to complete. That is a fact of life. 
I think it would be an insult to Brian Daly, to Jim Lucino, and Carl Masick, who approved of the novels, to just rush through them, rush through them, rush through them, when there's so much to talk about, especially stuff that's exclusive to the novels. So when it comes to that type of approach, yeah, it's it, I'm not going to rush through it. I'm not going to go molasses rate either. I'm not going to take, you know, I'm not going to take 10 episodes for one novel. That would be crazy. But, you know, that it may take us two, three, maybe even four episodes to complete a, um, a novel. You know, that's the reality of things. And I want to be completely honest with all of you in terms of that. So if you're kind of expecting me to get done by the end of the year with the novels, not going to happen. So, uh, but with that being said, for our very first biography segment, I don't think there's a better character to talk about than the character of Zor. Now, we hear about Zor in our first reading and He's a very tortured character. He is tortured about his discoveries and his quest for knowledge, and they're enough to drive him mad at times. But at the same time, all he's wanted to do is bring good to a universe. Somehow, that all backfires on him. Zor is the catalyst to the Robotech story. Without him, there is no Robotech story, so in kind of a way you say, Zor did it. But he is straight out of a Greek tragedy. It's um, it's akin to opening a Pandora's box. And his connection to things like the flowers of life and protoculture, that's all him. And the story behind all of that, we will see as we go through our novel's journey. Zor's biography, this is just going to be part one of his biography because, to be quite honest, Zor's biography starts from... Genesis and goes right through to the very end in the last novel, End of the Circle. He has a role, a very important role to play in that uh, final novel, but I'm saying too much. I'm not going to say anything more, uh, but yeah, uh, Zor is definitely one of those characters uh, that is going to pop up a lot in the Robotech novels because simply Zor did it. And his story is is a tragic one, but it's also a, a wondrous one because his intentions were good, just everything turned out bad. And it has consequences on an entire universe, especially Earth. But with that being said, we're going to end this segment and, you know, in future episodes, we're going to talk about different other segments. We'll come back to the biography segment at some point. And when we do, I'll finally have a name for the segment. But we're going to take this quick break. And when we come back, we will have the conclusion of Robotech Genesis, the prologue, right here on Robotech The McKinney Project. And back one more time, guys and girls, and no introductions are needed. Let's get right into it. The conclusion of the prologue from the first Robotech novel, Genesis.
Suddenly, there was a massive volley from the right, then an even more intense one from the left. To Dolza's astonishment, they were directed at the Invid. Britai had arrived at the head of reinforcements. Some of them were wearing only body armor like himself, but most were in tactical or heavily armored officers' battle pods. The Invid line began to collapse before a storm of massed fire. More pods were arriving all the time. Dolza couldn't understand how. An invasion force was descending by the thousands from a moon-sized Invid hive ship, its troopers as uncountable as insects. Surely the base must be covered by a living, swarming lair of the enemy. But the enemy was being driven back, and Britai was leading a countercharge on foot, just as a small wedge of shock troopers threatened to make good on a suicide rush at Dolza and Zor. A disc struck a pod near Britai even as he was firing left and right with his rifle. Blast and shrapnel hit his head and the right side of his face. Britai dropped, skull aflame, but the Zentradi countercharge went on, somehow, to drive the Invid back to the breach in the wall. Finally, Dolza wearily lowered his glowing rifle muzzle. Pursuit of the retreating Invid could be left to the field commanders. He began to take reports from the newcomers, thus learning the details of the unexpected Zentradi victory. Most of the Invid had been diverted in an attempt to stop or board the Dimensional Fortress and had been wiped out. Even now, word of the attack was going back to the Robotech Masters. A punitive raid would have to be mounted. Britai was being attended to by the healers and would live, though he would be scarred for life. But all of that was of little moment to Dolza. He looked down on the smoking, broken body of Zor. Healers crowded around the fallen genius with their apparatus and medicines, but Dolza had seen enough combat casualties to know that Zor was beyond help. Zor knew it as well as Dolza. Drifting in a near delirium, feeling surprisingly little pain, he heard exchanges about the Dimensional Fortress. He smiled to himself, though it hurt his scorched face, thankful that the starship had escaped. Once more, he had the vision that had made him decide to dispatch the ship. As the master of the limitless power of protoculture, with his matchless intellect, he had access to hidden worlds of perception and invisible paths of knowledge. He saw again an infinitely beautiful blue-white world, floating in space, one blessed with the treasure that was life. He sensed that it was, or would be, the crux of transcendent events, the crossroads and deciding place of a conflict that raged across galaxies. A column of pure mind energy rose from the planet, a pillar of dazzling force, a hundred miles in diameter, crackling and swaying, swirling like a whirlwind, throwing out shimmering sheets of brilliance, climbing higher and higher into space all in a matter of moments. As he had before, Zor felt humbled by the Mind Cyclone's force. Then its pinnacle unexpectedly gave shape to a great bird, a phoenix of mental essence. The firebird of transfiguration spread wings wider than the planet, soaring away to another plane of existence, with a cry so magnificent and sad that Zor forgot his impending death. He wept for the dreadful splendor of what was to come, two tears flowing down his burnt cheeks. But he was buoyed by a renewed conviction that the Dimensional Fortress must go to that blue-white planet. The sounds of the last skirmishes came from the distance as Zentradi rooted out and executed the last of the Invid troops. 
Dolza stood looking down at Zor's blackened body as its life slipped away despite all the healers could do. Dolza suspected that Zor did not wish, would not permit himself to be saved. Whatever Zor's plan, there was no changing it now. The ship itself, along with a handful of Zentradi loyal to Zor alone, had jumped beyond the Robotech Master's reach, at least for the time being. It was of little comfort to Dolza that final transmissions from the Dimensional Fortress in the moments before transition through a space fold indicated that the traitors aboard had been badly wounded during the battle to get past the Invid's surprise attack. Zor, if you die, the mission is over, and I must return in defeat and humiliation, Dolza said. I have thwarted the Robotech Master's plan to control the universe. Zor had to pause to cough and regain his breath with a rattle in it that spoke of dying. But a greater, finer mission is only beginning, Dolza. Zor coughed again and was still, eyes closed forever. Dolza stood before a screen that was large even for his entrati. Before him was the image of a Robotech master. Dolza spoke obsequiously. And so we have no idea where the Dimensional Fortress is, at least for the moment. The Master's axe-keen face, with its hawkish nose, flaring brows, and swirling storm-whipped hair, showed utter fury. Dolza wasn't surprised. Zor, who'd given the Masters the key to their power, and the mighty Dimensional Fortress, gone at a stroke. Dolza wondered if the Invid realized just how much damage they'd inflicted in a raid that would otherwise have been an insignificant skirmish. The Robotech Master's voice was eerily lifeless, like a single sideband transmission. The Dimensional Fortress must be recovered at all costs. Organize a search immediately. We shall commit the closest Entrati fleet to the mission at once, and all others will join in the effort if necessary. Those bowed to the image. And Zor, my lord, shall I have his remains interred in his beloved garden? No. Freeze them, and bring them back to us personally. Guard them well. We may yet extract information from his cellular materials. With that, the master's image disappeared from the screen. Hail, Dolza! Britai reporting as ordered. Dolza looked him over. A day or two of Zentradi healing had the senior commander looking fit for duty. Though he was once again the fierce gladiator he'd always been, he was far different. The damage done by the annihilation discs of the Invid could not be completely reversed. The right half of Britai's black-haired scalp and nearly half his face were covered by a gleaming alloy prosthesis, a kind of half-cowl, his right eye replaced by a glittering crystal lens. Britai had always been given to dark moods, but his mutilation at the hands of the enemy had made him distant, cold, and wrathful. Dolza approved. Dolza had summoned Britai to a spot on the perimeter of the reinforced base, where flowers of life were sprouting underfoot. The Supreme Commander quickly outlined the situation, the details of the long struggle between Zor and the Masters, and Zor's secret plan for the future of protoculture shocked Britai, as did certain other information that was Dolza's alone to tell. You're my best field commander, Dolza finished. You will lead the expedition to retake the Dimensional Fortress. The sunlight glinted off Britai's metal skull piece, but it jumped! Sympathy was not part of the Zentradi emotional spectrum. Dolza therefore showed none. You must succeed. You must recover the fortress and its protoculture factory before the Invid do, 
or we'll lost everything we've worked for. Breitai's features resolved in faux lines of determination. The Dimensional Fortress will be ours, on my oath! is how we begin our Robotech novel's journey. Zor's vision is in place. The blue-white world he speaks of is Earth, of course, and that's where the Dimensional Fortress is headed, and that's where we begin Chapter 1 of Robotech novel Genesis. I want to thank everybody for being a part of this episode. If I could take a moment, uh, you can probably notice in my voice that I'm very, very worn out. Let me tell you something. I have now, where I had a ton of respect for them, now I have tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of more respect for people in the acting, voice acting, and audiobook business. Let me tell you, it is not easy. Podcasting is hard enough for me. As I said in episode zero, that I tend to be a perfectionist. I tend to do retake after retake after retake. Well, that times 10 on this episode because if y'all think I did that audio reading in one take, oh, no, I did not. And it, it took its toll on me. And I'm grateful that there are no prologues for some time to come and that my approach with the novels will be excerpts epigraphs epigraphs aren't that long but uh novel excerpts only and uh just uh just having a good time with this and uh, despite you know I, i'm worn out i'm gonna take a few days rest after this but uh i've en i've enjoyed the process immensely and it's a process you know uh, i'm looking to always improve and i'm gonna love it i'm gonna love it when in between our third and fifth episode that's where i've kind of i've seen it where we're gonna do this is where i'm gonna do the casting call for our listeners to submit novel excerpt readings because I am I'm very excited to hear from the talent out there. I've already got one person in mind and he's all go for it. And when you hear him, it's it, it's just awesome. And, and like I said, I I I've I'm not an actor, I'm not a voice actor, but I sure as hell proud. I'm I'm a, I'm a hell of a lot proud of what I did on this episode. It was a lot of hard work, but I'm happy to be able to present it to all of you, and I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, well, you know, that's just the way it goes. But thank you once again for being a part of this episode. In two weeks, August 19th, episode number two, The Visitor will be online, and we'll be having some more fun right here on The McKinney Project. A big hug and a big high five to everybody. We'll see each other in two weeks. Take care. Thank you for listening to Robotech The McKinney Project. Robotech The McKinney Project is produced by McJ, hosted by JT. Robotech is a trademark of Harmony Gold USA. Sorry, can't do nothing about that, guys and girls. See you next show. Bye-bye!